Still feel like third wheels, but the battle of of being a third wheel is a battle I would much rather fight internally than the battle of loneliness and being left out. So if you're hesitating because you're worried that we'll feel like third wheels, invite us anyway. And if you're going out and there's one single person in all couples, just have one couple not sit next to each other. Makes it feel like you're out with friends instead of out with couples. That changes the whole dynamic. But there is a certain amount of responsibility, I think, as singles to include ourselves as well in that. Like as much as you can make it easy, we also need to give ourselves permission and a bit of a kick in the pants sometimes to include ourselves. So the, the there's been a, quite a few times where I'll invite myself over I'll be like, I know you have kids, why don't I bring dessert over once you put the kids to bed? Or um, like inviting myself over to a single mum's place because she's like, well, like, I'd love to see you, but I can't leave my kids at home. She's like, well, I'll come over, I'll bring dinner. Come over and I'll cook dinner or something. If you're really struggling with that lonely time of being like, oh, I'm not included in anything, try and invite yourself to something. Or, or start something, be like, hey, do you want to go do this with me? We can all go together. How can I spend time with you in your week? And then it just flags people. Oh, they realize, oh, you want to spend time with me. That's great. Let's do something. So I think, yeah, there is certainly responsibility. As much as it can be made easier, it's not always going to happen. And you do kind of need to do it yourself sometimes. Hey, welcome back to the final episode in the Christians in Culture podcast for season number one. Thanks, everybody, for that, that has been listening and engaging with us in this podcast. My name is Rowan, and I'm the lead pastor at C3 Church Camden and Picton. And uh, we have had so much fun with everyone's engagement with this podcast series. And so this is kind of like an addendum to all the previous episodes that have gone before. And I thought it would be good to touch on this important issue, which uh, is a societal issue. It is a Christians in culture issue, but probably from a slightly different vein than some of the major issues that we've addressed uh, so far, in that I think this is an important issue for Christians in particular. And I wanted to discuss how it works out in the context of the local church. And so we wanted to do this as a a bit of a, a taster into what to expect in 2020 when we do season two where we'll be looking at different uh, different issues that, that Christians face in their lives, in their ministry world, and so on. So we're going to touch on the very important issue today of singleness, what it is like to live as a single in society and a single in, uh, in the Christian church. And I have a number of fantastic people with me who I know are going to be a great asset and a great encouragement, and perhaps especially for those like myself who've been married for a long time, I was married when I was 19, so I have not known really much of the single life at all. And I've realized that in the past, I've been guilty of not really acknowledging the challenges that single people face. Uh, Certainly not on purpose, but as we've said in so many things that we've addressed in this podcast series so far, often it's just through implicit bias. It's just through the fact that our experiences shape us to be the people that we are, and we don't even realize that. And it's important to get outside our world and recognize that. And so this is an area where many of you who are listening will be married. Uh, in fact, some of the people sitting around the table are married or have been married. And uh, and we just thought that it would be good to address the issues of singleness for those that 
aren't maybe having given it some thought and think about how our implicit biases do affect us on this issue. And so, uh, without further ado, I thought we might just go around the room and introduce introduce each of you to our wonderful podcast audience and maybe just share a little about uh, about your, your your situation your journey with singleness how long you've been single or how long were you single and so on so why don't we start with a voice that's very familiar to us all mr jimmy brennan hey guys um yeah so i'm currently uh 36 years old i've been married for just over two years uh and yeah so i was single for most of that time i did have a few relationships um three serious relationships so that's one that lasted more than say two or three weeks um in between so that was my sort of journey so i was single for a lot of time uh up until um i got married i am uh, i'm david um i've uh, i'm 40 um i've been married for uh two years now um uh yeah i've I guess uh, my journey is uh, sort of the same. I had um, uh, a number of relationships in that time, but uh, uh, yeah, um, I went through some uh, tough times, and uh, yeah, I was, uh, uh, you know, a real journey of uh, faith uh, and discovery, really, um, up until you know, meeting my uh, lovely wife. You, you definitely uh, learn um, uh, how to trust God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, um, it was, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, a real journey. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'll hand over to my wife. Okay. Hi, I'm Desiree. I'm currently ma- married to David um, since for, for two years, as you were saying, and um, I was single f- um, seven years before that, and um, before that I was actually married before, so I am divorced, um, and um, I was... Um, not a Christian when I first got married in my previous marriage and then became a Christian during that marriage then got divorced as a Christian which is a topic we're going to address later and uh, yes I'm very happily married now with David and um, yeah that's me. (coughs) Hi I'm I'm Tony and uh, I'm 62. Um, I've only became single about three years ago I suppose I lost uh, my wife uh, after 32 years of marriage, um, I thought for a while that grief is going to be my issue. Once uh, I've dealt and I've learned to deal with that, I'll be um, I'll be okay because I've always been a private uh, person and an introvert in some ways, so I'll be fine. But I'm discovering that uh, being single is uh, full of challenges. Uh, but it's only been three years. I haven't. Um, my life has been chaotic in many ways with family issues and health issues and whatever. So I haven't really been single long enough, but I have already discovered um, that I, I knew very little about what it is like to live as a single person because when you're young, uh, being single is part, you're part of a majority. When you become single at an older age, you become part of a minority. And it's, an, it's a different life altogether all of a sudden, and you start to appreciate what people go through. Yeah. So it's, um, it's quite uh, challenging, um, but I'm learning a lot through it too. Yeah. Hi, I'm Elle, I'm 30, uh, going on 31. Going. <laughs> I'm going across the border. Um, and I have been single, I think, probably about close to seven years now. I had one previous serious relationship before that that was uh, in my early 20s that lasted about two-ish years. Um, and 
yeah, and then just, you know, a few few week-long relationships before that like Jimmy um and yeah it just has been a real a real experience I have definitely been single single longer than I or my family or any of my friends thought I would be but uh there's some gold in there as well I think yeah hi my name's Tanya Bear um I'm 36 and I've been single for I haven't really been counting, really, but I think I've been single for about 10 years. Um, yeah, so it is a challenge, but I feel like God is calling me to something amazing. Um, and yeah, I just, I just want to serve him with my life. So um, yeah. Thanks, and as you can see, thank you everyone. We're talking about a, a wide variety of walks of life, different situations that get thrown into one pool, pool called singleness. And, and I thought it was good to, to hear from, and we will continue to hear from a wide cross-section of people. Uh, those of us that are married, we will often just think of it as just the singleness issue. But uh, as we've talked about so often in this series, we can't, we can't water down uh, any social issue, any challenge into just some simplified context. To do so is to miss the nuances of of people's lives and really all everything we've talked about in this podcast comes back to people and their stories. And so we wanted to do, we wanted to really help us address and unpack this issue of singleness, this, the challenges around singleness that we might not necessarily think of. And I've realized in, in recent times as I've been delving into various different challenges that people face i've realized that there's often been a a prevailing culture within the church our church and the christian church in general that that somehow getting married and having children is where it's at that that's like the, the long-term goal once you're once you're married and you've had kids then you've arrived in life and and up from up to that point you're, you're still waiting to really achieve in life and and i've been guilty of this myself comments made from the pulpit uh and from stages, coupled with general conversations in church foyers and in connect groups, can leave single people feeling left out. Uh, you know, even as, as, a, as a pastor, when I'm, I'm emceeing from a stage, I've had to pull myself up, and I'm in the process of pulling myself up, on, and on reinforcing this implicit bias that that's where it's at. Just re- failing to recognize that anytime I say things from the pulpit, like, you know, go home and talk to your spouse about this, or, or, or uh, you know, if you, before you do anything, make sure you chat with your spouse. Or, and we should applaud people when they get engaged, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but recognizing that there are single people in the room who, without, without realizing it, we're actually ostracizing them and, and creating an us and them mentality. We, we don't intend to do that, and I think it's incumbent upon us as, as leaders to think this through, as church leaders, as, as connect group leaders, think through how can we be more inclusive. So I guess my question for any of you guys that might want to jump in on this is, have you had that experience? Has that been your experience where you felt that things that have happened and been said and done in church life have left you feeling like you're on the outer? And, and if so, how does it make you feel on the inside? Who'd like to jump in on that one? I'll go. Um, yes, this one, the, the first question off the top was um, for so me. You are allowed <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I feel like I've got it, I've got it sorted today. Um, but yeah, the first question was just like, wow, yeah, 100% have felt like this so many times, like more times than I could even count. It's just become, it becomes such a regular experience. You're like, oh, and there it is, you know, two, three, mm. ten times a service, in a conversation sort of thing. And, and it, the, the, 
main thing is, I think, is that, like what you were saying, it's implicit. Like it just, it, it's a bias that is just there. Um, and from a single person, you know that the intention from those people or from the pulpit, like it's 100% not a malicious intent like it's there's there's nothing in them that that you know i'm sure a lot of them would be horrified to know how hurt you can get sometimes and um and i think because of that i have tended to it's like even as single people we don't recognize that that's an area that needs care of for ourselves because it's like well we know that they didn't mean it in a way that was supposed to make me feel hurt we know that I know that they didn't mean to leave me out. I know that they didn't mean to um, disregard the fact that this is 100% difficult, more difficult for me <laughs> because I don't have a spouse to talk to or because I don't have, you know, um, certain things that they have just had there built into their lives. Um, so it's taken a few years for me to realise, you know what, I'm allowed to value these areas of hurt yes. and, and take care of them. And I think that's where... Um, I feel like the culture of church is kind of changing like people are being more aware of oh where have we kind of ostracized certain groups and certain people and it has stemmed from I think uh, a few single people (laughs) or you know like you know people just being like you know I'll take care of this area and try and educate where I can if I get the opportunity try and be like that was actually that was actually a little bit hurtful Mm. and 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 just kind of learn to open up about that and make it a, a more obvious you know um thing it can so yeah it can be really hard um it turns into bitterness really easy for me mm. um and i was actually when i was thinking about this question i think it's things you don't even really think about i had a housemate that i had lived with for a long time and we were both single around the same age and we um, hadn't seen each other for about six months and then we saw each other around the time of, a, I think it was a conference or something like that. And we were just chatting and we were talking about the topic of being single comes up a lot for us. Um, and she said something along the lines of, oh, isn't it so frustrating on Instagram? And I said, oh, did you see it? And she said, yes, how terrible was it? And it was just this thing, the fact that we knew straight away exactly what each other was talking about. It was just someone higher up in church. There was, you know someone we'd never had an issue with, didn't have an issue with at all, but they had had this series that they put up of like married couples that I love and and just saying the most beautiful things about these couples that was, it was lovely. It was a really nice post, series of posts across about three days. But the impact of that wow. for us for three days was mm. just like, oh, not one single person was on that list. Like, and it was just, yeah, yeah so moments like that. And I made it without tears. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, it's been um, the, the seven years that I was um, single before I got married. I think it, it, it depended a bit on where I was in my, in my walk with it, in my, with my contentment, because contentment goes up and down, mm. and we do under, mm, like yes. we do have those moments um, where we're more sensi- uh, um, sensible, sensitive, sorry, sensitive, where we feel more um, what people would say or what they, you know, what they. Um, what they talk about or whatever and then there are moments where you're like oh no okay you're fine with it and I feel like that's something I really had to navigate in um, like how I um, 
how I deal with it because at moments I would be really hurt and then other times I don't you know I don't mind so much um, but I definitely need, think and now that I'm married I, I want to be more like so aware of that too because it's so easy oh, now I'm married I've like yeah, I've, I'm, I've arrived and I'm fine now it's like well no <laughs> that's not like because then the next thing comes oh well you know the people with children and then the next thing like there's always like it's not something that yeah. um, you can arrive it's it's mm-hmm. a journey where like no um, let's be aware of each other let's <coughs> be aware of where people are at in our congregations I think that's mm-hmm. sort of the main thing that I love that we talk about this. So, And I'll just add, I suppose, for myself that it's been a little bit different for me where I didn't actually feel pressure from the church about being single in my situation. I, it, I think so. I was in a smaller church um, and being in leadership and always serving and that sort of stuff. Marriage and singleness didn't necessarily get brought up a lot, or at least that, that I noticed in that terms. So the pressure about not being married was actually on myself uh it's from myself i should say um so i had these ideas about wanting to be married by the time i was 25 uh, so that i could have kids when i was younger because i didn't want to be like my dad who was married when he was in his early 30s like i am now and having kids to then seeing that he wasn't be able to interact with me as much because he had injuries and all that sort of stuff which hopefully don't affect me as much because um of my situation is a little bit different to my dad's but I just didn't want that and I wanted to be able to be like so all the pressure from being single was more about me uh, like putting it on myself rather than from the church that was my experience but I I know that I think for males probably get less pressure put on them for being single than females do Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot easier for a male to to go through and be in leadership and to serve and to do stuff and to to date people and all that sort of stuff and not have the pressure put on them that women do as much like I notice that if you can be 30 and be single as a guy no one will bat an eyelid but you'll be if you're 25 26 and a female that's not married it's almost like oh what's wrong like that sort of thing happens so that's where I feel as though that I haven't had that pressure so the ladies I don't know if you can hear it the ladies are all going yes 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 before we dig into what Tony was about to say Dave you're you, you were a single male for a long time. Yeah. Can you identify with what oh, Jimmy yeah. just said? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I probably didn't feel like it acutely until around about the 30 uh, year mark, like, you know, that, you know, you were single, you were on your own. Um, I guess that's at the point where youth and young adults sort of finishes uh, mm. for most churches anyway. So I guess I didn't really feel that. Um, uh, uh, isolation, I guess you could say, um, because for most part, most uh, depending on you know the demographic in your church, mm-hmm. most people have paired up usually by that point. Right. So if you're still single at that point, it's like you still start to think at 30. But I definitely echo what Jimmy was just saying. Mm-hmm. Like I probably up to you know not to 30 mid 30s. Um, you know, I really didn't feel any pressure from anybody else. Mm. So, I mean, it can be awkward, um, definitely, especially if you're going to, you know, group things and you're the only single person there. But, um, yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, I definitely didn't feel the uh, mm. pressure right until the thirtieth mark. And I guess the other thing is as well is like, you know, it's probably pressure I put on myself. You know, my own desire to just yeah. be married. So, yeah. um, you know the desire just to you know be starting a family when you see other people mm. starting a family mm. it's like 
yeah, you do start having those thoughts on mm. you know what's going on with me. But um, yeah, uh, I think women um, in particular do feel a lot more acutely. They probably mm. um, express it a lot more than what men do. Mm. So um, uh, yeah, but uh, for me, it was usually generally after that um, point of hitting thirty that. Uh, you definitely feel like uh, you're sort of on your own uh, yeah. to an extent, like it's up to you. Like before that you had like, you know, a fairly, um, you have like, you know, I guess you call them forums, like youth and young adults where, you know, you you, um, uh, you can interact with you could know, interact couples and in- other singles and stuff, you know. It wasn't really any status. sort of stigma there, but after 30, it's like you're sort of on right. your own and mm-hmm. you're sort of coming to church and you got your connect group. But apart from yeah. that, like this, um, yeah, it's you, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, it's interesting that it's uh, it's yet another issue that perhaps is more prevalent in, in terms of a gender inequality. That that's a bit of a revelation to me, just hearing even hearing Jimmy say that, and then having you got you ladies acknowledge that instantly. Um, probably pretty thick to not not think of it that way, but maybe it's there's I don't know maybe whether it's it's related to things like a single guy can always be one of the boys and still go to the cricket and still go to the football and all that sort of stuff. But maybe if I don't know if you ladies have felt the experience of you know if you if you a lot of uh, the majority of people your age are, are married or having kids whether or not that that then adds a different dynamic to it in terms of you having to interact with that so mm. that's very worthy of some some thought there tony you were going to say something earlier about your experience there i know i suppose I, i've only been single for just under three years i suppose so I'm, i haven't been exposed to it uh, for that long but the thing is because i've lived uh, half of my life being married and having a beautiful partner that I was uh, with uh, all of a sudden I found myself in a world where 99% of my friends are married and people I know whether it's in the church or outside. Uh, so you do um, find yourself in a place where you start to isolate yourself uh, socially uh, because you really, you feel like a third wheel. You feel like you don't really belong as much. And it's, I, don't, I don't see it as a problem with my friends uh, as much as is with me that I have to learn uh, new way of doing things and um, I'm starting to realize that being single has its own challenges for when I was married I thought single people why would they complain I mean they've got it easy they don't have to worry about family they don't have to worry about pressures and whatever but now I'm discovering a new world I was um, <clears throat> I was looking at I was reading a blog by um, a lady called a doctor called Dr. Karen Leaf uh, who's a neuroscientist and uh, she's a Christian but she's got a way of um, proving how what God has said in the Bible is or what the brain reacts and she was referring to um, a study that was done by a group of psychologists and uh, health professionals at the same time and uh, they, they couldn't figure out why single people seem to have more health issues and they have um, shorter lifespan whatever and then they discovered that by being single by no not by being single by being lonely and socially isolated it uh, it um, causes the body to have a particular a chemical that uh, mm. increases it to such a degree that it affects your blood pressure affects your heart affects uh, uh, pain in the joints and it affects the way you recover from uh, sickness mm. and uh, I had an operation a hernia operation about two years ago or 18 months ago and the first thing the specialist said to me when, he, when I wasn't recovering as fast, he said to me, you must be uh, living on your own. I said, yeah. He said, we found that people who don't have anyone in their life or they're living on their own, they take a lot longer to, do, to recover. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does affect your health in some ways. Um, having said that, is 
uh, the things are, are with me that I need to learn how to uh, live with this. And yeah, from the pulpit, marriages are um, talked about and celebrated. And great, because families are needed. And I used to celebrate uh, marriages from the pulpit, but it's a matter of and the knowledge. Um, once we become aware of an issue, then we can help people. Uh, I remember years ago in ministry, we, uh, for, for quite a while, we brought people who were drug addicts or uh, whatever, who became Christians, and we brought them to the stage to give their testimonies. Uh, and people were going great and clapping, whatever. And then until someone said to me once, he said, oh, I feel so not worthy because I've been Christian most of my life mm. and I don't feel like I've got a testimony and mm. it just threw me back and I realized and I said to that person hang on you do have a testimony because as a, as a Christian uh, person uh, who always been a Christian you faced uh, issues at school you faced uh, opposition you faced whatever mm. and then I realized that we need to bring a balance so we started bringing people uh, onto the stage to give their testimony who were always Christians, they didn't have a drug problem or they weren't prostitutes or whatever, uh, but they still faced issues and people started to think, hang on, yeah. they have a testimony too. Yeah, so it's it just knowledge uh, that if we become aware, then there are, there are different uh, stages of yeah, life. Yeah, so in regards to um, the church and how they treat singles, from my own personal experience, I've, I've kind of felt that um, some people have kind of pitied me mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's actually quite awkward when people do that because I actually don't want pity, pity or anything and um, because I see my identities in Christ yeah. Yeah. and so it's not, I don't feel incomplete if I don't have a partner, mm-hmm. I kind of reach I actually focus more on Jesus mm-hmm. um, in that regard because he's my everything. He's like my husband <laughs> in a way. And um, so people kind of, yeah, I've had that so many times. I like they've tried to um, play matchmaker and, and even though I didn't want it, I was like, leave me, I'm fine the way I am. Like, mm-hmm. But they just don't get that. And um, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting and how um, I actually find it, it's kind of like how the church has conformed to the world and how the world puts a lot of pressure on um, doing things at certain times. So, you know, going to school, having, like going to college at a certain time, um, you know, getting married at a certain time, having kids at a certain time. They've kind of, like if you're, if you're not in that mold, it's, there's something wrong with you and um, which isn't true. And so we shouldn't be conforming to um, the patterns of the world. Um, we actually should be standing out and being more like like a, a light in the darkness. Um, and so whenever someone <laughs> tries to say, oh, you know, you should just, you should just, you know, f- just find someone, just settle, you know? And I've had Christians say that to me. And I'm like, no, I, I want to go, f- I want to be with the the man that God has called me to be with. Um, otherwise, I'll be miserable. I'm not going to just settle and just have kids, and then that's it. Like yeah. I'm not. That's not what I what my passion is for. Yeah. And so I just focus more on Jesus and where He is calling me. Mm. Um, and I can actually hear Him more mm. when I'm with Him than having, you know, all these things like you know, um, 
all these responsibilities as a as a mother and a, you know looking after kids and all these things i can actually hear him more clearly um each and every day because i've i'm mainly focused on him and what he's called me to do yeah. um well, by the way jesus was single too and he did quite well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah so. that's a really good segue into where i want to take the next question um I think we've said that, you know, in some ways we've elevated marriage as though it's where it's at. And, and I think that's disappointing because I'm going to read a chapter of the scripture in a minute. And then as after that, maybe you guys might be able to comment on, on how that sits with you um, through the context of uh, what advantages you might see in, as, a, as um, Tanya's just said, some of, the, some of the advantages that you see in uh, being single. There are, you know, it's not all dark, dark and gloom like our society seems to send us this message all the time so so first uh, corinthians 7 i want to start there and i want i want to read the whole thing there's probably we haven't got time to unpack the whole thing but i think if we read it in context it just helps us to maybe uh, see the whole picture of what the apostle paul is addressing the question that he's addressing he's actually addressing questions that were written to him for, uh, from the, the church at corinth and it's uh, in my in my bible it says instructions on marriage but i actually think that that's probably a that 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 subtitle actually shows the implicit bias right there, because I think it's instructions on marriage and singleness. Mm. I think it's it's instruct it's instructions on how to do life in relationships, mm. and uh, and so that's just interesting. I find that interesting. So let me read this, and then maybe you guys can jump in with what your thoughts. Because as Tony, as you just said, it's not just Jesus. Uh, throughout history, a great number of the significant movers and shakers in the church have been single, yeah. mm. uh, and it's interesting to me that that like now there's this message coming across is that unless you're married you can't really do anything mm. and it's just a casual look through history and we'll see it in this passage is that there is in incredible benefits for the kingdom of god in singleness and that's not to say that everyone should remain single but i just think it's trying to restore some balance to this this argument so let me read first corinthians 7 and then you guys can jump in it says now regarding the questions you asked in your letter yes it's good to abstain from sexual relations but because there is so much sexual immorality each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relationships unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command, but I wish everyone was single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. For those who are married, I have commands that come not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave a husband but if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Now I will speak to the rest of you. Though I do not have a direct command from the Lord, if a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to uh, continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but they are holy. But if the husband or wife insists 
isn't a believer and insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't your hus- you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first called you. This is my rule for all the churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it. Probably a good idea. And the man who was uncircumcised when he was a believer should not be circumcised now. For it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised. The important thing is keeping God's commandments. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you, but if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you're now free in the Lord. And if you were free in the Lord, when the Lord called you, you're now a slave of Christ. God's paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. There's so much in this passage that we could unpack. We don't have time to, but I just want to put it in perspective as we read the whole thing. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Now, regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, do not, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Because of this present crisis, I think it's best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. But if you do ma- have, And if you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it's not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I am trying to spare you those problems. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests, therefore, are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in the body and spirit. But a man who is married has a man who is married. Oh, uh, sorry, but a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do. I want to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. But if a man thinks he's treating his fiancée improperly and will inevitably give in to passion, let him marry as he wishes. It's not a sin. But if he's decided firmly not to marry and there's no urgency and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. Verse 38, key verse. So the person who marries his fiancée does well, and the person who doesn't marry does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, he is free to marry anyone she wishes. She's free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. But in my opinion, it'd be better for her to stay single. And I think I'm giving you counsel from God's spirit when I say this. Well, as I said, so much in that. But I wanted to, to read it in context and, and then have you, you share your thoughts and your experiences on this. Because I think we, when we set up this implicit bias that marriage is where it's at, we completely ignore what Paul seemed to be saying in that passage, and that is that there's tremendous value in singleness. Yep. Uh, at least for some people, Paul seemed to be saying. It's, it's a gift. It's actually a, a gift that Paul seemed to be saying. Mm. And it may not be a gift forever, but I think when we... I, I'm, I'm guessing that, that uh, for single people, when there's this pressure to have to marry, that it might be taking away from some of the benefits that you can add value to the kingdom of God because of your singleness. So anyone want to say maybe 
what are some advantages and what are some things you've seen or during your time of singleness that maybe uh, you have over over married people or have had over married people that and when you've got married people sitting at the table it's not an opportunity to bag out on your spouse but <laughs> but just an opportunity to say what are some of the things that you, you maybe were advantages just to put some and maybe bring some balance to this and encourage those who are single who'd like to kick us off with some thoughts there I'll jump in uh, so for me I think that I was able to do a lot of things that God needed me to do that if I was married probably wouldn't have the opportunity uh, so at the age of uh, 24 I was able to go and study youth work at TAFE and then from there go on and do uh, my Bachelor of Theology which I did over five and a half years uh, so I did it part time and I really don't think that I would have had that same opportunity to do that if I was married and had responsibilities in a, in a married situation uh, as much as I would like to have been married, I think that a lot of that stuff I wouldn't have been able to do and also do the amount of church ministry and leadership that I had taken on during that time. Uh, so during that time, I was um, employed as uh, the youth pastor. I was helping kids ministry. Um, I was serving, preaching in the church as well as on church council. Um, so I was doing all of those things, which took up a fair amount of time, as well as working as well as studying um, and then also having a social life on top of that. If I had to try and build in a, a, a marital relationship into that, I just don't, I wouldn't have been able to do all of those things, which wouldn't have been a bad thing, but I think that I would have missed out on some great learning and great opportunities that came my way during that time uh, that God provided if I didn't. If, if I was married, I probably would not have had at least been able to experience all of that. Can any of you identify with that? Is that something you can speak to? Or maybe maybe you've been in an environment in church life where that you haven't had that freedom. Jimmy mentioned the fact that his church sort of a culture allowed him to do that. So positive or negatives on that? Um, yeah, I also find that it's it's been a, I'm able to also study as well um, from being single it's, it gives you that freedom of like um, taking that time out in regards to um, studying and, and stuff like that. Because um, if I was married, I wouldn't have been able to, to do the study that I um, had to go through. Um, and like, although some people have, were married, um, I could see the, the struggles um, because of the, they would actually come to me and talk to me about <laughs> their issues and stuff like that. And like juggling being married and having kids and studying, it would have been really hard. And so I didn't actually have to deal with all that, which mm. was really mm. like a blessing in a way. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah for, um, for me, it was also like, um, as much as I really wanted to get married and I was, um, yeah, in a, you know, in good places and in bad places in my mind about that. But I really like was I had moments when I was like, oh, I wouldn't be doing this if I if I had someone right now because I would be focused on that relationship. And that's what since we started dating, since we since we got married, I did notice things that 
I, like yeah like priorities shift like you you know like your time like you what you do with your time is so important so um it's definitely been a um a shift in that but also the other thing was that what i did have a bit of a uh, a challenge with when I was single was in like in ministry that well as a single woman sometimes you're not necessarily um, seen as you you can do much or you know um, or even though you have all this time but necess- you're not necessarily like the whole picture as as we were so saying earlier um, although I did have um, amazing opportunities what I got to do in ministry but um, yeah it's just like it was at points where it. It's like, or, or even in my, I guess in my heart as well, it's like I felt like, oh, I can do so much more once I'm married. I can do so much more. And that's just not true. <laughs> not necessarily. Yeah. Like, you know, it might be true if you're, you know, depending on what you want to do, but it's not necessarily true. So, yeah. Mm. I think the uh, simple thing um, in regards to that is that your life simply isn't your own anymore. It's like, it's, it's not easy to... It's not impossible, but it's uh, when you're ever trying to go out and achieve something, or you want to invest yourself in something, um, you've got to consider the other partner, uh, the other partner. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, it's. I, I think what Paul was saying in that passage was that um, you, you can just simply focus all your attention and have the freedom to do what you feel like the Spirit's leading you to do mm. a whole lot more simply. So you know, it's not you know, say if he's calling you overseas to be a missionary, it's particularly if you've got children it's just, that's not an easy thing to do so mm. or if you're going to go to study or um, you, the other partner is going to be required to have to sacrifice something in time um, or you know sacrifice you know time in your relationship obviously you've got to consider all those different issues when you're in a relationship yeah. whereas when you're single you just yeah you just it's just you do it. yeah it's just, yeah that's right you know i yeah. could pick up and you know yep. go on a holiday if i wanted to. to or you know go anywhere i wanted mm. to at any point and you know do a course whenever mm. i wanted to um but when you're uh, in a relationship you still uh, you, depending on what it is you still yeah. can go off and do things but you just got to consider how that impacts the other person yeah. so yeah yeah i think you know what you're saying there is even though i haven't been single myself I obviously have been in pastoral ministry for a long time and so something that you're saying David what Tony you said about the fact that regardless of where we find ourselves in life there's always there's always people who are different who are going to be in different Mm. situations Mm. and we can always go oh the grass is greener over there or whatever and and I think part of the intention of this episode is to try to help us to recognize that that uh, the grass isn't always greener marriage is a wonderful thing but Paul seems to be saying hey marriage is good but singleness is actually it actually beats marriage. Mm. That's that's what Paul says in the in this passage of scripture, which uh, is is not just it, it was revolutionary in the in the Greco-Roman world. He was being radical. He was being incredibly radical because the whole Greco-Roman society was centered around the marriage unit, the patriarchal male being the head of the house, and there was there was economic requirement. You know that that's how women were provided for economically and everything else. Even though there was a lot of a lot of gender inequality that was taking place so so for paul to be able to even say it's good to stay single meant that the the church was setting up a different society it was setting up a society where where women were actually given an opportunity to uh to especially single women i mean maybe like we've talked about in this episode single guys maybe they can work they can do those things but single women were given an environment where they could they could flourish in life without having to be married for the sake of it that's revolutionary in the first century but i i think I think it's revolutionary for us in the 21st century when, oh, yeah. when as Christians we're sending this message, get married, get married, get married. Mm. Marriage is not without its challenges. Mm. You, you guys are talking about 
the study. You're hearing Jimmy and, and Tanya talk about study. Well, for me, I mean, married at 19, five kids, and, uh, and I wouldn't change that for a moment. But yet when it comes to study, uh, you know, I'm probably one of the most underqualified pastors going around. I've got a diploma in theology. And you, you know, you guys are more, Jimmy, you've got a bachelor in theology. You, you should be teaching me. Uh, <laughs> and, and for me, it's, it, it has been the fact that I, I physically couldn't have studied. There's no way raising five kids on a pastor's wage, busy in church ministry, busy with time in life. I could, there's no way I could have gone ahead and done any further study. And do I regret that? There are times where I think I'd like to have done more study, but, but that's an example of how... Uh, you know, I didn't have the freedom that, that single people have. I don't regret it completely. I love my family. But it's just one of those areas where I would have had more freedom if I had been, had been single. And the other thing I'd add to that, which doing, doing uh, you know, a lot of pre- marriage preparation with couples, I found that uh, whether or not a couple are getting married young or getting married old, there are challenges for both. So when I, when I work with young couples who, who haven't, maybe still living at home and about to get married, I say, you guys have got a lot going for you that, that older single people don't have uh, because you haven't lived life on your own yet. So you haven't got stuck in your ways. You haven't got your, your, yourself yep. figured out. This is how I work. And then suddenly you, you've got 15, 20, 25 years of singleness behind you doing your own thing. And now you're thrust together in a marriage. So you've got that. That's the advantage you have getting married young. Um, but the disadvantage is you also don't have the fact that you haven't got 25 years of singleness behind you, so you don't have the economic freedom, you don't have the, the ability necessarily to be able to um, provide for yourselves as well. So, so and, the, and then to older people, I would say the reverse. When you're getting married as, like Dave and Desi, you guys getting married you know, in, your, in, your, in your 30s in that situation, um, you've got advantages of, you know, Dave had a house and all that sort of stuff, but the disadvantages are now you're thrust yourself together you've got to figure out what it looks like jimmy just said yes he obviously mm-hmm. experienced yeah. that as well so there are regardless of where we find ourselves there are advantages and there are disadvantages and, and what we're trying to do is find how do we help you guys as singles to how, how does the church mm-hmm. help people who are single to feel like you're valuable mm-hmm. feel like you have a place that you belong <laughs> so do you want to say something there? Oh, uh, yeah. Go for I'll, it. I'll, I'll throw in. Um, I find this passage to be, I, I think that's the first time in a long time that I've heard it go, go through the whole whole passage. And it, does and it invoke emotion? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always, I, I found this one hard because you hear the passage so much and it's kind of like an A or B situation. Like if you're married, that's good. Um, but if you're not, then be you? intensely happy <laughs> with your singleness and go as hard as you can for God. And I'm like, but I still want to be married. Like, yes. and I, I, I applaud Tanya for um, like just your ability to be like, no, like I'm a happy content single. Content Yeah, super yeah. content. That passage makes me wish I felt that way, but I never have. So it's just kind of like, well, what if I'm like, like my goal is still A, <laughs> I still want to be married. How do I live in B? How do I live in B? And I think there's, not much verbal support around that it's kind of like you know be happy in your singleness and you're just kind of like well how like Mm. i'm like i'm giving it a go sort of thing but you're kind of being told that from people that are married and you're just kind of like well i don't really know how that should look um and i spent a lot of my early single drunk and i'm saying like like really a lot um just being intensely frustrated around that area and, and very disheartened um and not really sure how to 
navigate away and I don't know whether that's just my personal like I really struggled in that area or whether that's because the way was hard to find Mm. (laughs) and it was just you know and it's and it's I've the last couple of years um it's kind of like devote yourself to the Lord I felt like I was like well am I waiting on God or is he waiting on me what's happening and is he bringing my husband or am I going to find like what what's going on with that so I just kind of have become much more intentional about where I spend my time, what I do, and recognizing and being okay with my goal is still marriage, and I I want to enjoy my singleness, and I am enjoying it, and I want to be effective, and I want to be fruitful, and grow in that area. But then recognize, but my intention is still marriage, and I'm allowed to spend time and invest to prepare for that, yes. and and navigate my life in a way that supports that regardless of whether it's it's there or not um Mm. so that has been i think the real game changer for me the last couple of years um i had a thought just then that i was like i wanted to say that too but um i forgot it you'll jump back in with it (laughs) what what that jump back in whenever you think of it what that shows is the nuances of this issue Mm. that uh you know we can't break it down into black and white a and b you know, on one hand, you've got some people have got a gift of singleness and, and they're more content with that. Others, no, feel called to marriage. There's another issue. You know, you've got same-sex attracted Christians who've decided to live by a Christian biblical ethic. They go, yeah. well, I, I, I'm gay, mm. but I choose to abide by the Christian biblical ethic of, of sexuality and marriage. And so I'm going to choose to remain single. So regardless of whether you're heterosexual or, or homosexual on that issue, if you're choosing to acknowledge that, then you're going, well, I'm going to live by this certain standard because this is what I believe is God's best. But it doesn't necessarily make it easy. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. and I think the challenge there is that there can be a grace for it. But what, you're, what I'm hearing you say, Elle, is that it's still not easy. It's still, yeah. it's still got its challenges. And, and are you wrestling with, <laughs> should, I be, should I be putting the front foot forward and pursuing marriage or should I just wait for the whole thing to fall in my lap and yeah. what's God doing in and amongst all yeah. this? Well, uh, yeah, that's actually, you reminded me. Woohoo, we Great. made it. Um, <laughs> but I can see now it's like I, I sat on my butt a long time just wandering back and forth on that. And I don't know, I, you know, everything happens in God's plan and God's timing, but I think if I might have got my butt in gear a bit earlier, it might right. have happened yeah. a little bit earlier. But realising that... Um, uh, like coming into, I guess, an age where I feel like my knowledge of my actual calling and where God wants me is so much clearer than like and, and having to go through certain things to discover that and realizing that there is a, um, a confidence that has been built in me through force <laughs> because I had to be um, a, a, a boldness that was built into me because I wouldn't like if I had a husband, I wouldn't need it. Um, and it's an ability to say what's on my mind and go for what I want. And I can see that that's like, well, I still want to be married, but I can see how important these few areas in my life have been and needed to be grown so that when I do get married, I still have my own calling. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying like you can find that within yeah. marriage, I fully believe, and I've yeah. seen it happen and it's and it's amazing. But I'm like, oh, I, I can see that I... I was the kind of person that was like, I was so ready for marriage and so prepared for it. You would have settled for anything. Yeah, yeah. And and not just for anything, but just for like, I would be just so happy in that. (laughs) You know, I'm just like, yeah, we did it. So marriage would be the goal. goal. Yeah, Yeah, the goal. And I'm like realizing, oh, you know, I can see now how much value that will add to my marriage having gone through that in the long run. 
I think I'll be incredibly grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so good. At the time, I no. 100% was not. No. And I think that's okay as well. Like if you're not, mm. like if you're single and not happy about it, yeah. that's cool. Like, mm. and I think that's what some people didn't say to me. They're like, you know, just wait on God. It'll happen. Just keep kind you know, of the pat answer. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. almost like the pity thing. Oh, it hasn't. Yeah. Don't worry, it will happen. And you're just like, he's just around the corner. He's just around the corner. Yeah. You're like, but which corners? <laughs> some buildings. <laughs> some buildings have four corners. <laughs> um, and it's just yeah. And the things that get said, and you're like, well, that that's lovely, but it doesn't it doesn't help me oh. at all with no. how I'm feeling and how mm. ineffective I feel in church mm. and at sometimes and and how ridiculously dependent i feel on my parents still and you know mm. there's there's much more to it yeah. wow um and the, yeah the thing is with christians i mean um well, we we have ministries uh, to uh, for you uh, for young uh, children we have for youth we have for women for men mm. for married people but sometimes i know from my experience we seem to forget that um single people have their challenges and single people are yeah. A group of people are at that particular stage of life could be in between, mm-hmm. or uh, could mm-hmm. be because it's been forced upon you. It's mm-hmm. like it happened in my case, or whatever. It's just, uh, and if we if we can, us singles learn, or the single people learn how to deal with these issues and become content, because mm-hmm. I'm discovering that God's not going to allow me into any other stage, whether I get married again or not, mm-hmm. until I. Um, changing my, where I am now to being married, mm. uh, if it's, if it's going to be part of my identity, God's going to hold me back. Until I, I learn how to deal with who I am as a person, then whatever stage God brings me into, it'll be mm. something to enhance my life or enhance the life of the person I'll be with. Yeah. But it's not to fill a gap. As long as it's, mm. uh, what we're reaching for is to fill a gap in our life, then yeah. we, we are vulnerable because yeah. then we'll jump into anything that could, uh, could mm. cause us issues. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good thought, Tony. I, I appreciate, you know, I've watched you over these last three years since your dear wife passed on and, um, you know, seen from the outside, seen that journey you've been on of, of reconciling what it looks like to be single and reconciling all the what-ifs in life. And, and you know, like you said, you're still at that point yet, I guess, where I don't know whether to get married, whether I will get married or not. But even the fact that you've just shared how, you, how you've acknowledged what God might be doing in this season... Um, is is incredibly valuable, and so. I, I, but I think I think the concern that I can I'm hearing from from so many of you is that the church may not be doing supporting single people in discovering what God might be doing in that season, and and, and we're just providing the simple answers, or we're just not ministering to where you're at, and and so therefore it's it's all the harder because you're doing that journey alone. I think the scripture says God sets the solitary in families. So, mm. and, and you know this whole concept of Paul being able to acknowledge singleness was because the church was being set up as a different rival family unit where the body of Christ was the family and so mm. there's loneliness and I, I'm aware that that uh, we aren't sending a message that is mm. embracive enough of people mm. from different walks of life including singleness so maybe just share on on you mentioned Tony earlier the third wheel you know have you felt like the third wheel in environments and if so you know small groups or whatever wh- what can what can couples and families do what can the church do what can small groups do to allow and embrace and, and allow a single person to feel like they're part of the family rather than just the third wheel I'll jump in first again just to get the conversation going but I think that and similar to um, what Tanya said earlier is that uh, invite people around not for the sole fact of matchmaking I think that's a key point is that 
keep your friends groups regardless of what season of life they're in if they're married if they've got kids if they're single without the pressure or expectation that they have to be there or that they should be there or that we're going to put them in a situation where we're going to be inviting other people along oh just to see what happens sort of Mm -hmm. thing um because i think that the more and more you invite that you continue to make it like normal is that okay we're in a different season of life and we all see that but you you make it normal so if you've got um single friends and then you've got you know a kid's first birthday don't just invite all your couple friends that have got young kids around Mm -hmm. and just ignore all the single people Mm -hmm. because oh they don't you know they don't have kids so they probably don't want to come around Mm -hmm. invite them around they don't have to come but they might like to come because all of their friends are there and they want to engage in that and you know like yeah because that's the, and that, that's the thing. I think that a lot of times, I think it comes down to um, married couples forgetting what it's like to be single. Mm. Once they become married, they become all enthralled in, in being married that they forget a lot of times about the single, uh, what it's like when they were single and they just sort of throw it out there and just be like, oh, oh they won't want to come. Well, how do you know that? You know, you want them to be involved in your life. You want to be friends with them. Invite them to those sorts of things. Just, I think that a lot of times the um, the church just sort of does that a little bit and friends groups can do that unintentionally thinking they're doing the right thing when all they're doing is just alienating people because um, they feel as though that they're doing the right thing when instead of actually speaking to them or asking or inviting them to be a part of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, I've had the same kind of experience where I was invited to a lot of the gatherings, social gatherings, and when everyone was like, some couples were, you know, um, getting together, and then it got to a point where they were all couples, and then and then I wasn't included anymore in regards to that dinner or you know after church or, and it just became very awkward because you still want to be friends with them but they they want to talk about what's happening with them or when they're getting married and having kids and and it 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 was really hard i i still find it hard because a lot of the conversations with with um mothers are about their kids constantly and and it's like okay can we change the subject is is there anything more to this conversation or you just mm. want to talk, talk about your kids and they, they they tend to live through their kids mm. like it's and I understand that it's such an amazing gift um, to have to, to for God to you know to bless them with children but it's like that becomes their identity and so I find that hard um, to it, it makes me um, feel more like oh there is because uh, I of, of course I want to have kids as well and so it, when they exclude me and they just talk, like talk about their own kids it's just like oh well why am I even here and I actually become quiet and they don't even notice and so and I just go okay well I, I should go now kind of thing and it's quite sad when that happens because you still want to be friends with them but they don't realize what they're doing um, yeah so that's quite hard Mm. Um, yeah. I think that that shows something which is we've come up repeatedly in this podcast series and that is that we live through our biases mm. uh, there's no ill intent in that and yeah a, a, a mum a young mum is very absorbed with their children and that's important but all the way through this series we've said 
you know, true love is is honouring other people above yourself. It's just, I guess, it's just recognising that not everybody in the room has the same experience about life than I do, mm. and challenging us to to not think and talk about ourselves in the first instance, but mm. to look around the room and say, how can I add value? to yeah. somebody else in the room that person doesn't have understand my world so why don't i find out about their world and that 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 transcends singleness that transcends all issues it, yeah. it race racial issues whether it's uh, socioeconomic issues how can i learn about the, the journey because to me i i think in that situation i know i haven't done this well but but i i think that that with some some intelligent forethought and insight there Tanya, you, you could be a fantastic auntie, Tanya. You could actually be, be a great role model and you could be engaged in that and you could feel like you've got an outlet there and you've got some value to add and, and uh, you, know, you might have more time on your hands that, to be able to spend, actually invest into some children's lives and things. I'm not saying you'd want to, but that, that's the option there to do that if you felt like you were included in that, yeah. in that, yeah. in that story. I don't know if that's what you feel, yeah. I, I definitely feel that kids are really drawn to me as well. Like I used to be a Sunday school teacher and um, I've always had this love for kids and I can connect with them and especially with autistic kids as well. Um, and I, God has actually told me that I am going to be a spiritual mum to many. Um, and so when I hear what he says about me, it's completely different to what other women, you know, talk, talk to me about. It's like, oh, you're, you're not, um, like you can't talk about that because you're not married you don't have kids but really I actually have a mother's heart and so mm. I love many many people mm. um, and so I just see that as a blessing to have God's heart for for kids and for women and for men as well um, but yeah I just I find it it's sometimes a bit tricky yeah, yeah. Who else would like to add? I'll just jump in a few things that Go ahead. Hey, this would make it a little bit easier. Yep, that's um, what we want to hear. We will feel like third wheels, mm. but the battle mm. of, of being a third wheel is a battle I would much rather fight internally than the battle of loneliness and being left out. So if you're hesitating because you're worried that we'll feel like third wheels, don't like invite us anyway. Wow. That's a mic drop yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and if you're going out and there's one single person in all couples, just have one couple not sit next to each other makes it feel like you're out with friends instead of out with couples that changes the whole dynamic and like it literally happened to me this week and I was just like ah. and then later on in the night the husband went and moved and sat next to his wife and I was like ah. and I, you know it was just kind of like that internal moment where you realize like oh that changes things for me weirdly when it shouldn't necessarily but it does it changes yeah, it, the none, none of this is about enforcing blame upon other people no. isn't it? it's just because you know like we said you, you're you're dealing with your own issues and God's dealing with you through this like yeah. we all face challenges in life regardless of whether we're single or married or whatever yep, exactly. and, and God's dealing with but this is about honoring others above ourselves and some simple things we can do yeah which yeah. Is, yeah it feels a, it feels honoring to me it's like yeah, it's they, they might you. not have intended it but it helps me and if it was intentional I would be like so appreciative of that and um, long weekends are really hard because you maybe have like one family thing, but then everyone else has their family or their, and then their spouse will hang out and they'll go have like a whole long day. And I'm not saying I'm like, I don't need you to take care of me on that long weekend, but it's a long, long weekend for me that lasts three days <laughs> instead of two. And I might only have one thing on and no one then to spend time with because everyone's doing things. So that can happen a lot. Um, oh, there was, yeah. There's, I mean, there's keep so going. many. Well, keep there's going so because there's, there's so some really things. good things coming um, out here decision making it would be nice what what big decision 
decisions are you trying to make at the moment? Because we don't always have someone to talk to. And it might not mean that I, I might not necessarily want to talk to you about my decisions. But if I get a chance to, I might <laughs> be like, you know, actually, I'm really struggling with making this big decision. And like what Tony was saying before, like the body thing, where actually like it is clinically proven that you have lower blood pressure when you're when you have a spouse and have someone to go to and and help you it regulates your whole body system and so recognizing that's like i'm trying to make these these things happen and trying to get this to the same place in life that you're trying to get to but my my body is not regulating and my my emotions are struggling with that more because i don't have that that feedback that that kind of settles things um i mean yeah you could just go on forever but there's lots Lots and lots. Does anybody else want to add any of their experiences to uh, lo- in terms of loneliness? I, yeah, I just sort of see it as a matter of perception um, from both sides, from the couples and from uh, singles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I used to hang out, you know, with uh, couples. Sometimes I was a, a fifth wheel, a seventh wheel <laughs> on occasion. And um, for the most part, you know, I was generally quite accepting. You know, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, yeah, um, the look of it is hard. Like, you know, in your own mind it can be hard, but... I just sort of found, you know, um, it just it depends on depends on the couples too. Um, I guess I was fortunate where they weren't, you know, excluding um, to any great degree. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of perception. And when you are like, you know, with a whole group of couples, it can be you know socially hard just from the perception of the way you think they're perceiving you and the way you're perceiving the situation. So um, sometimes just battling that, I just found that you know just uh, um, seeing you know just seeing you know taking the opportunity to just uh, you know draw from you know being with those people you know even if it wasn't you know every single time that they were doing something you know you were included but um yeah uh yeah it's just uh taking control of the way you perceive things so that sort of helped me you know to be able to go to things that you know where predominantly there were couples or um to you know try and to, to the best of my ability to include myself you know not you know it just yeah depends on the other couple too it's mm-hmm. like you know sometimes that they don't want to so yeah, yeah not much you can do about that no. but uh yeah so um that's the way i sort of dealt with it so yeah. as long as you know that other couple or those groups of couples were okay with me being around then um i didn't find a huge amount of a problem but yeah i mean there's a sig- stigma and i think sometimes it yeah it's definitely within your own mind that you've got to sort of battle with mm. yeah so um but yeah uh yeah I, you know i used to always savour the time I'd spend with other couples so or just being with um, other people basically because yeah right you know especially when you get over to your 30 mark you know a lot of you other friends are married mm. um, or in a relationship of, and um, yeah like you, that's what becomes hard because um, you don't have that many other single friends to go to especially um, from the church, our, our church, uh, yes. where it's a very small church, yes. and uh, particularly our church, um, mm. where I think 90% of us or 95% of us were couples when we began too. So right. there wasn't actually that many other single people. Mm. So um, I just had to find a way to sort of force myself into it. Yeah. Really. yeah. So very so pragmatic. Yeah. But yeah, but so yeah. yeah. Can I just jump in yes, on that? Go Sorry, ahead. I know I'm back on this subject, but there is a certain amount of responsibility I think as singles to include ourselves as well in that. Like oh, as much absolutely. as you can yeah, make absolutely. it easy, yeah. we also need to give ourselves permission and a bit of a kick in the pants sometimes to include ourselves. So the the there's been a, quite a few times where I will invite myself over, be like, I know you have kids, why don't 
I bring dessert over once you've put the kids to bed Fantastic. or awesome. um, like inviting myself over to a single mum's place because it's just like, well, like, I'd love to see you but I can't leave my kids at home. He's like, well, I'll come over. I'll bring I'll dinner. I'll come over and I'll cook you. dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. And just keep in mind like, Great point. like we might not always be able to come to, mm. to you but you can you can move mm-hmm. things and and make things around and um mm-hmm. yeah there is like if, if you're really struggling with mm-hmm. with that lonely that lonely time of be like oh i'm not included in, in anything um try and invite yourself to something yeah. or, or start something be like hey do you want to go do this with me we can mm-hmm. all go together um how can i how can i spend time with you in your week yeah. sort of thing and and then it just flags people oh they realize oh you 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 want to spend time with me that's great um let's let's do something yeah so i think yeah there is certainly responsibility as much as it can be made easier Mm. it's not always going to happen and you do kind of need to do it yourself sometimes that's that's a great thought because i mean it's uh, it's always i mean it's easier sometimes to uh, throw the blame at everybody else but yourself but um personally every time i look at jesus uh, he always uh, try to change the individual and the individual will change the system mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's natural to just blame uh, everybody else sometimes for our issues it started with Adam he liked to he, first thing he did is blamed uh, Eve for his issues and he should have worked on where he failed and um, I think if, if I become aware of uh, where I'm at then I can work on myself because we all have a filtering system it doesn't matter yeah. when I was uh, married I had a filtering system and I didn't see anything else uh, clearly uh, like others might be going through their own uh, I wasn't part of that thing so uh, it's, it's about me learning how to deal with being single and I uh, personally I mean I don't know anybody else but I, I look at every issue that I'm facing as a single person and I say what can I do to change that because I'm the one who's isolating, my, isolating myself even though 99% of my friends are married but I've got to do something yeah. and I have caused myself uh, loneliness I've caused myself uh, social isolation is because I'm not I don't know how to deal with some of the issues which I'm obviously working on some of it yeah. mm. and uh, we've had a couple of victories but yeah. <laughs> I say we because the Lord's yeah. you and the Lord <laughs> I say we about myself as well it's a single person thing is that I'm right like, yeah we're doing really well yeah, but, <laughs> but, but it, it is yeah. we because you're we've, keeping, we've your, you're this, keeping yeah. yourself company yeah definitely yeah. Uh, is that the royal we or <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah I know but like it's God and like it's, sometimes yeah. you just feel like you need to like we got this sort of yeah. thing yeah. we and my, my couple friends that are supporting me and we like we yeah we got so this good. And because we're, we're, we're not meant to yeah. uh, we're not meant to live on our own it's yeah. like Dr. Carol Lee said you know we are, we are created to be part of somebody else's life and loneliness is not about the absence of the people in your life mm. it's about the absence of someone that you can share love with yeah you know so it's uh, yeah well mm. we are meant to uh, yeah. mix with other people and you can find that in more than one person it's not like i think as a single person i mean sometimes you would view marriage as like oh like they'll solve all the problems that hurt with me with all the parts of my life but I assume from the general demeanor of everyone that is married in the room that's not true <laughs> they don't fix all the problems they that's make more problems yeah yeah, Actually, um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I found myself now I, if I've got to catch up with friends I'll say to the guy can we catch up somewhere for breakfast or something yeah. so it's not a dynamic of a family but just dynamic in yeah, him exactly. and I uh, it just changes the dynamic like you said oh, it yeah. just does change the whole dynamic and all of a sudden I'm enjoying this because I'm not looking at husband and wife sitting there telling me how good their uh, holiday was and yeah. their wedding anniversary was and I'm missing 
my partner so mm. you know just um is it, is it, you can work on it and you yeah, can make you can work on it you uh, can yeah. always do better than you've been doing and absolutely yeah, it's yeah, just about changing me yeah. and then everything else around me will work better yeah yeah i i have that same thing that i say we mm. i say we're doing this ministry we're doing you you know we're doing this together mm. um so i i found that that actually helps with the loneliness too because mm. Because like you're not on your own. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. And so when I wake up, I actually have peace every day, um, even though like I have some physical like injuries and stuff like that that kind of affect me and, and stuff like that. But I just, I also have this peace that, that's you every day, and this love every day. And I'm like, this is just amazing mm. that even though I'm in pain, I... I just have this peace yeah. and he's with me every step of the way mm. and um so yeah it's just it's amazing and i always say like i always talk to him like he's there like even in my car i just th- i just think that he's there <laughs> and i know that sounds weird but it's like no, he's it's with me yeah. every every step of the way mm. um yeah so i'm not alone like mm. even though um people say oh, you know aren't you lonely I'm like well actually jesus is with me so yeah. not, not really <laughs> interesting. because in my car uh, the front seat of the passenger seat if i don't have anybody in the car i don't put anything on that seat <laughs> because for me it just reminds me that God, uh, jesus is with me and yeah. sometimes people laugh at me when i say that but so well that's that's my uh, that's my way yeah, of saying lord great. i know that you are here yeah. with me yeah. Yeah. now if, if someone gets in the car with me they're going to sit on jesus <laughs> lap that's, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's just you blessing yeah. them oh, that yeah, that's my physical thing of yeah. acknowledging yeah. and uh, now if I've got a bag or something I just put it behind right. me on the yeah. back seat I don't put it on the mm. next but it's important yeah. I think to have those like it's okay to ha- like to other people might be like oh that's odd or mm. like oh, oh that you need that it's I'm like, used yeah, to like, God so. promised that I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be, ever be alone yeah. I might struggle with loneliness but I think that's a different thing it's um, outside of his promise that's mm. me not working well within Absolutely. Yes. what I he's given that, yeah. me um, but he did promise I'll never be alone. And if you, like, you, well, I'm not alone in this. Wow, yeah. so good. Yeah. Mm. Such good thoughts. Anyone want to add anything? Uh, no. Maybe just, just briefly, like lo- loneliness can can be in marriage as well. Like you Absolutely. can feel yeah. lonely at moments. <laughs> and when you're married, you also don't have your partner to solve all your problems with you. Yeah. You still got to like, I still have things that I talk to my girlfriends about. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine because Sometimes that's that can just... create more problems. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. And don't worry about it, David. <laughs> you <But> should see <laughs> David looking at his wife with inquisitive eyes right I can now. Say that more what are you talking like about, yeah. darling? You get away with that now. I'll clarify later. <laughs> but yeah. Such a good thought. Mm. One final question and then, then we'll wrap up. It's sort of along the same lines, but, uh, you know, divorce and, and uh, separation are still very, very real issues in today's world, in today's society, probably more so than perhaps ever before. Um, maybe there's not as much stigma around it as there once was, but uh, it's still a significant issue. Uh, and, you know, then we've got people such as Tony, who's, who's a widower in the room. And so uh, those of you who've, been married, Desi been married before, or in a long-term relationship that ends, that I imagine carries its own dynamic with it. When we've got a couple of other divorced women who uh, who have been divorced that I'd asked to come today, weren't able to make it, and might be able to chat with them in, in other settings as well. Um, but I just wanted to maybe just ask you that question as we wrap up. What what specific challenges have you experienced after being in a long-term relationship? And whether that's through the passing of a loved one or through divorce or, or separation, what what challenges maybe does that create for you that that people maybe people like the girls who haven't been married, 
have had to face? I mean, you've been you were in a long term relationship, you said. So, but you know, uh, you know what what challenges does that create that people because I imagine li- people listening to this will be a lot of people who've been through divorce and maybe it'd be good to, for them to cause I ma- I, I've done pastoral care for a long time and I've, I've walked alongside a lot of divorcees and I think there's a lot of what ifs and uh, what could I have done better and a, a lot of wishful thinking about what might have happened what could have been and uh, and I hear the same things over and over and over and I think maybe just some encouragement that hey that j- you're not alone in that journey it might be good for some of our listeners anyone want to chat on that one yeah look i um i suppose after 32 years of being married and uh, then um i suppose single life was forced upon me it's not something i chose uh, so it makes it a bit harder but uh, i'm finding some of the most difficult things i need to do i have to deal with is the regrets and the what ifs and uh, i wish kind of thing because um now i'm at a stage where i can't turn or change anything that has happened in the past and I'm sitting saying, what can I do? The regrets of, um, if I wish I had done this, I, have, I wish I had done that. And that really is personally crippling me uh, because um, I've got to snap out of that kind of thinking. It's just, it's difficult after 30 odd years of um, experiencing a particular life and all of a sudden there's nothing you can do about changing what has happened and you wish that you could. Uh, so it's, uh, it's torture in some ways and then you know it's, it's got to be dealt with I, was, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have that issue when I was single when I was in my teens and 20s but I have that issue now and it's it's just a life that you live and what, what I found too is I'm, I'm isolating people uh, out of my life because I've got so much happening I'm facing family issues and health issues and financial issues and believe me this it's chaotic uh, so you know I'm isolating people uh, because I just can't deal with everything else but by isolating people some of my friends are pulling away because they're saying well he needs to be alone I can assure you that's the last thing I need is for people to pull away from so me. So you're saying that even though maybe married people are feeling like they need to distance themselves because that's what you want you're saying because I've been pushing them, away, pushing them away because yeah. of your emotional journey that's right and, it, and, and the right thing for for married friends and other friends to do actually might be to push through that barrier and and come gently close. Yeah. <laughs> gently but yes Gen- absolutely because yeah. uh, even though that's the last thing I want to deal with at the moment is the most thing that I need mm-hmm. and that's the same as everything else in life is sometimes the last thing we want to hear is the thing that we need to hear yeah uh, so you know, uh, let's not uh, push people away just because they are trying to push you because they they're trying to protect themselves. Mm. I'm trying to protect my emotions because I can't deal with one more thing, mm. you know. But uh, and I'm, I've discovered all of a sudden I am lonely because my friends just pulled away because they thought that's what I wanted, mm. and technically that's what I want. But what I need, but what is you a need, and what you want are two different things. It's a, Good it's a two different things. So you know, they're just dynamics I have to learn to live with, and. Um, uh, you know, I've got to start filtering life through different eyes and uh, I keep comparing stuff because I was married and now I'm not, so I've, I'm keep comparing life too much and it's just, it can depress you. Yeah. It can be very difficult. Uh, yeah, so for me it's been, um, well, a very different journey in that sense that uh, I was, um, I got married when I was 20 and I w- basically got married to the wrong guy I shouldn't have got married to this guy um, and um, he shouldn't have gotten married to me um, that's that's just the whole thing we shouldn't have done that um, because we and, and the problem one of the big problems was um, that I didn't listen to the people around me 
And that was one of the biggest lessons that I sort of took away from that we got we um, we were married for four years and um on that in that marriage i i was like so broken throughout my marriage i was so broken coming from a um, family there was a lot going on that i haven't dealt with haven't dealt with at the time so i was going into this marriage totally broken and i sort of like started a healing journey within that marriage but unfortunately because of me becoming christian it was a big um um for um problem in that sense that um, we, we took um, separate directions after four years so um, it was actually um, the question of or the marriage or my faith so it that was a big thing obviously and then what the, the, the challenge for me was while I was married I am um, and and became a Christian I was like okay now I'm a Christian I want to do this well so I really I started to fight for this marriage I was so broken though but I I tried to do whatever I could what I've learned sort of as a as a young Christian and um and um I was I was supported in the church back then um while I like while I was married to a non-Christian in that sense um and um but we couldn't since we couldn't figure it out we did have to sort of we sort of had to get divorced because we just couldn't figure it out and um it was it was one of the biggest things for me was to oh my gosh now I'm a Christian and now I'm getting divorced that's the last thing on my that I wanted on my resume <laughs> like on my sort of life story I was like no I because in my mind like I, I grew up Catholic so I sort of had a Christian background but I didn't live it like I didn't I didn't understand a lot and so I just really thought oh um getting like a divorce is like really bad like that was sort of in my mind and um like trying to figure all of that out and it it was a lot the biggest journey was the healing journey and f- trying to like see god in that and un- trying to understand um you know where i fit in with that as well because um while i was married i actually wasn't necessarily allowed to go to church but i still went like i sort of went secretly and i i, I built relationships within that church which was amazing to to just like be sort of nourished and and um helped to to navigate my life at that stage right so um and yeah so anyway i got um divorced and um like sort of really went on that journey with God okay what does that what does this mean because in my mind there was a lot of judgment I actually didn't get a lot of judgment from the outside I didn't have a lot of like I didn't have anyone really like sort of oh my gosh you're divorced or anything like it's it wasn't um until later which that did happen at some point but it was really for me this whole my inner like my inner world I had to sort through okay how do how you deal with that and um scripture helped me a lot <laughs> scripture confused me a lot at times but because there are a lot of scriptures around that topic where you're like oh my goodness the whole issue of divorce for instance yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. um but then i sort of had those those um you know scriptures that that i've like i felt peace and i still have peace mm. about mm. at this stage and i'm like okay um this is where i'm at and this is this is part of my life like and when i asked when i um i've been asked about regrets before and um sort of do you regret that decision or getting married in the first place and all of that and i was like yeah i do regret that like i do regret um making those decisions those choices that i shouldn't have like i shouldn't have and uh, but at the same time i know why i did them because i was so broken yeah so um yeah and the redemptive nature of god is such that if you can just work through that and exactly it he does never wipes us off. I mean, when, yep. I, when I talk to people who are regretting divorce, yeah, uh, you know, and there is this issue. This issue of divorce is as nearly as highly charged in the church 
as the issue of gender equality, which mm. we've addressed in a previous episode. And I think the problem is, and I think there's a lot of legalism around this. And, and, and you know, one side is well, we've whitewashed divorce, and so we, you know, it's more culturally acceptable completely. Mm. Uh, but there's still that sense of well, the Bible says don't get divorced and mm. so on and, and people are failing to put it into its context yeah. putting it into the the cultural mindset of the time and still recognizing that no it's not the ideal but god allows for for certain things and, and god is redemptive in nature yes. mm. yeah. so you know i would i would encourage those people who are divorced that it is not the end Work, wrestle through the what ifs and but don't mm. but don't stay there yeah mm. don't don't stay there because uh his mercies are new every morning. That's right. Tomorrow is a new day. Mm. And just whether you're single or whether you're married or whether you're divorced or widowed, whatever, tomorrow is a new day. Yes. And there is always grace for that day. Mm. And God will take our mess and, and turn it around and mm. use it for his good, mm. for, for our good, yeah. the good of his kingdom and his mm. glory. If, mm. if we, regardless of where we, I think that's what Paul's getting at when he says, regardless of where you find yourself, God's grace is sufficient. Mm. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's, he says, I, I've learned the secret of contentment in any and every situation. And that includes singleness, divorcee, you know, married, whatever. There's, there's contentment. Mm. And uh, it doesn't mean, contentment doesn't mean that you don't still strive for an ordeal. Like you've heard Elle say today about wanting to be married. That, mm. It's not saying that you, you settle um, and stay where you are, but there's a settledness that God can empower us to have within yep. whatever situation mm. we find ourselves. Well, it's our hope that, you know, this issue, we, we, I think we'll need to readdress it because I don't, I think that there's still processes in which the, the Christian church needs to improve in this area. And hopefully this episode has given you some food for thought as you've heard some of the journeys of, of some mm. single people and people who've been single. Um, is there anything you wanted to add, anyone, before we wrap up? I'll just quickly say for those that um, it's not quite the same as divorce, but it's you, you can get a lot of the same things for uh, if you've been in a long-term relationship but not married for a long time. So I was in, I had one long relationship for of about five years Um and you do get a lot of those same things swirl around, around, oh, should I have, you, you look back and there's regrets like, oh, I, should I have ended it sooner? There was a lot of opportunities, a lot of things that you see, oh, I should have ended this sooner. Or like, oh, could I have done more to work on certain things at the time that would have maybe produced a different outcome? And uh, so there's a lot of issues around that which I don't think get talked about enough as well with um, unmarried couples in the church a lot of times I think the church doesn't um, sometimes speak into those especially as they start getting older and they're you know if you're together from when you're 17 then you're 23 people don't necessarily go okay you know you you relationships changing we're not going to force you to get married or really seriously think about it but it, when you start a relationship when you're like 23 and then suddenly you're 27, 28 and then you're not married yet but you're still together. Church is not, or maybe more leadership speaking to those people enough saying, well, what are you doing in your relationship to really consider what the what's the outcome of this relationship? What Are you actually working on things or are you just letting things go by? Are you doing the best thing by each other? I think that that's one thing that along with singleness is that or well, if they're in a relationship, it's okay, sort of thing. But mm. I think that there's sometimes that gets missed a little sometimes bit. Sometimes the as relationships well. aren't okay. Yeah. Well, I I know like it. What mine wasn't, <laughs> <Yours> wasn't <laughs> and mine wasn't like wasn't? everything. Everything outside of 
outside of that was great. Like personally, I was doing great in terms of um, I my I was building my relationship with God. I was the, I was serving in the church and and all these things were healthy. But then the relationship, I think, on my side was relatively healthy i know there was probably the unhealthy part of me is was my personality and wanting being uh number two on the enneagram and being a helper Mm -hmm. um and wanting to help this person along a lot where i didn't um probably really sit back and go actually maybe the best thing would be for maybe for me to end it knowing that they couldn't Mm -hmm. and i think that's potentially where i failed and I maybe I I don't feel as though I had enough help from the leadership in the church to really th- wrestle through that um, at the time about okay if you if you're trying all these things and it's not really helping either of you to really progress in this relationship mm-hmm. maybe then you should end it and then see what happens rather than just sort of just letting just letting things keep going the way they're going sort of thing i think that's i don't think we can go into that but i think it's similar to you know marriages you've got to work on them you've got to go through and you know people always just like if you've got things you need to deal with even from a young uh relatively young married couple to go into some sort of counseling or something like that just to help go through issues or go through learning of things i think that we don't push couples unmarried couples enough to look at those things once they start getting beyond the maybe year and a half two years sort of thing okay actually start looking into okay what's actually happening in your relationship is it healthy is there long-term future like actually start pushing that sort of thing as well Mm. wow great thoughts or or even as singles like Mm. just assuming that oh whether at either you're happy where you're at or you're not happy where you're at Mm. a lot of times there's not a big push to like for me personally not like wanting to be married it was it came down to me to be like well actually i need help in this area so like it's you know getting counseling and stuff like that like just the check of like actually are you going okay with where you're at like are you going okay in your relationship or in your marriage like do we need to do do we need to sit down do you need feedback on like how you're going and how you're perceived and what things you're wrestling through whether that's preventing you from making the changes you need to make and and things like that it's there's kind of like a general overall like oh we'll just wait to help you when you meet someone and then you we'll do pre-marriage counseling for you rather than preparing yeah well maybe i need counseling to get to pre-marriage you know and so like for me the big change has been like i've paid for a dating coach and i'll talk to people about the fact that i am dating quite heavily (laughs) Um, and really just working on and the things I've had to learn from myself and about myself and grow in to actually realize oh there's a whole area that I haven't thought to prepare myself in and also how much that has changed for me I just wanted to add like talking about it I'm I'm the only one that's going to care the most about this area of my life if it's important to me I can't expect other people to care about it I can't expect married people to spend their whole week thinking about how can we get Elle to where she wants to be so you know what I mean like yeah yeah. I can't expect that but um but there are things my Mm. unknowingly I self-excluded myself of um like just thinking well no one no one cares you know about where I'm at no one cares that I'm struggling in my relationship or that my relationship of three years and I didn't get married is ending and no one no one's no one's concerned for that area of my life and no one's doing anything to help me um and then i've realized 
recently I talk about it a lot and if people ask how I'm going I'm like oh I had a date this weekend how'd it go I was terrible but pretty funny you know what I mean but yeah. but the fact there's been I some <laughs> great conversations that we've yeah had. oh there's been some real <laughs> some real fun ones um but then I get to the next week and people are like well how, how are the dates going and then immediately I'm like oh they care about that area of my life right to almost the same degree that I care about it. It's like if someone said, oh, I have an exam this week, I'm really worried. And then next week, wow. how was the exam? And mm. that person feels yeah. cared for. So if I can push myself enough to, to acknowledge to that area of yeah. my life, then it actually becomes an area of my life that is okay for other people to talk about as well. And not worry That's that right. they'll... Because yeah. I've been at times where I'm like, I'm not in a place to talk about it. I'll come across as lonely and bitter and like, you know, like really hard. But I'm at a place where I'm like, you know what? I can talk about this and realizing that it was my own conversations isolating myself in that and now it's it's a topic where we can talk about and I feel encouraged in that area and that people are caring for me such good food for thought wow Mm. so Mm. I can see there's responsibilities wherever we find ourselves in life to to not not blame yeah Uh, we we need to take responsibility, but coupled with the fact that there is responsibilities that we take as singles or as married people, but there's also the responsibility of inclus- inclusiveness, being yes. be not thinking about ourselves, so considering others' needs above our own, yeah. and that's a you know a principle in any marriage, but it's a principle in in embracing singles. So. Uh, I just uh, this is the kind of podcast that I'm going to go back and listen to because as a pastor I need to hear this stuff and hear the heart behind it I know you guys I know your, your journeys and, and I appreciate the fact that you've been so vulnerable about about your journeys and uh, and you know I know that that's going to be encouragement to other people and uh, I'm going to listen to it again I'm going to learn from this and I want to be able to be a more effective in pastoral ministry because of it so thank you everybody for uh, taking the time to be with us today we know it has been a great benefit to everybody else don't forget, Jimmy, to rate, review, subscribe, share, comment, like, comment. Absolutely. Bring this it is up in the Google. Yeah. Bring it up in the Google. <laughs> That's right. Google. Bring it up in the Google. iTunes and Spotify. And yep. the more more reviews and all that sort of stuff and ratings, the higher it goes up, the more chance of being found. A great way to do it is simply share it. Just sh- share this podcast. If this has been an encouragement to you, yeah. share it on your social media feed. It would be a great help to us, but also to get the word out there. You know, these these uh, six people have, have invested some time, a couple of hours really, at least they, uh, they arrived about two and a half hours ago ready for this they've invested some time because they wanted to be able to encourage you so it honors them for their investment if you will uh, go forward and share that and uh, if you know a single person that might benefit from this if you know some married people who need to hear this by all means share it that would be great well god bless you and we'll talk to you next year in season two sometime early in 2020 thanks very much for listening